Welcome to Matthew's World of Wine and Drink, an educational podcast dedicated to teaching you all about the wines of the world, the different regions, the different grape varieties, the different styles of wine, and the history and culture of wine. In this episode, we continue our focus on Spain, and in particular we're going to look at Mediterranean Spain, so going along the eastern coast from the border with France through Catalonia and down into Valencia and Murcia. And this again, I'm going to emphasize the contrast between the history of Spain and also modern developments. We think of Spain as being a very historical country, which it of course is, but many of the wine regions have a very recent history, in terms of quality especially. And so focusing first of all on Priorat, which is one of the highest quality wine regions in Spain. And Priorat has been farmed since the 12th century. A monastery was um, established in 1194 by Carthusian monks who came from, from Provence, and that monastery was called Scala Dei, and Scala Dei still makes wine today. And that uh, name, Scala Dei, literally means stairway to heaven, that's what it's referring to. Not the Led Zeppelin song, but an actual, well, not an actual, but a, the myth of um, a stairway rising from Priorat to heaven, which the angels would uh, walk up. So that's why the wine is called Scala Dei, and that's the old monastery. So lots of history, but Priorat had largely been abandoned by the 1980s, and farmers were just using the grapes which were quite low down on the plains, which were much easier to farm, because Priorat has very steep slopes and very difficult soils, so it's a very difficult place to farm, and so local growers had just given up. And also, a lot of locals had moved to Barcelona because of the success of the textile industry there. So there were all these old vines not really doing anything. And so, in 1979, a Rioja winemaker called René Barbier bought land in the region, convinced of the potential of these old vines on these very difficult, steep slopes. And he persuaded a couple of colleagues of his to follow suit. And these were Carles Pastrana and also Álvaro Palacios. And these made wine together in the late 80s and then separated and made their own wine in the 90s. And these uh, producers really put Priorat to the fore. These really high quality, concentrated, intense, structured wines made from the old vines. And one of the most famous wines of Spain now is Álvaro Palacios's La Mita, which uh, fetches extremely high prices. And so they worked with these old vines and also used French oak, um, which is a very new thing in Spain with the tradition being to, being to use old American oak. So really uh, bringing Priorat from, from the past into the modern world and making high quality, expensive wines with a great international reputation. And when René Barbier bought land in 1979, there were just 600 hectares of plantings. Now there are over 1,800. So it really has expanded greatly although it is still very difficult to farm, and so only really dedicated producers are working in Priorat. So these old vines have very low yields, their roots are dug very, very deep looking for water and minerals, and the old vines are Garnacha and Carignana, which is also called Samso locally. And these uh, are grapes which produce naturally high alcohol wines. In Priorats, the minimum alcohol is 13.5%, so you'll never see a wine below that. Garnacha has the red fruits, um, lower acidity and lower tannins, whereas Carignana has black fruits and higher acidity and higher tannins. So a nice blend and uh, complementing each other. And this is uh, one of the few areas in the world which produces world-class Carignana. And Carignana is always at its best when it's old vines, just uh, inhibiting the yields. 
Those uh, producers also planted Cabernet Sauvignon, Merlot and Syrah, so international varieties, and these will often form a very small part of the blend, usually no more than 10%. And these will just bring some freshness to the wines because um, they're younger vines, and also some extra qualities. Uh, Merlot maybe softening the wine, Cabernet Sauvignon adding more black fruits and more tannin to the wines, just depending on how the Garnacha and Carignana come out year to year. So the soils on these steep slopes are called Yicarella, and these are a mixture of slate and quartz, and these actually reflect the heat back onto the vines, and so that really intensifies that ripening and gets the alcohol and the sugar levels even higher. Generally at high altitude on these steep slopes, and that altitude does cool the warm continental climate with winds also from the north and the east, and so there's a lot of microclimates within Priorat helping to produce complex and individual wines. You've got the warmth of the sun, you've got the warmth of the stones reflecting the heat, but then you've got the coolness of the altitude and the winds, so lots of things coming together. And it's dry here, four to six hundred millimetres of rain a year, so not very much. And because those slopes are so steep, mechanisation is impossible. And this is where also the old vines really come into their own, because they've because they're so old, their roots search really deep for water and minerals, and they work on the poor soils where young vines can really struggle. So that's Priorat, and Priorat is in Catalonia, just inland from Barcelona. And Catalonia has been the most innovative region in Spain. This is where cava was invented by Cordoniu back in the 19th century, and most cava is still made here. And also Miguel Torres has been a very influential figure, really experimenting with winemaking and grape varieties. And the overall Catalonia Dio covers the entire region. But there are several Dios within Catalonia. Surrounding Priorat is Montsant. So kind of think of a donut, Priorat is the centre and Montsant is the, the circle around it, literally meaning holy mountain. And this produces wines of a similar style to Priorat, but not quite the same quality. It lacks the schist soils. But if you're looking for a good value alternative to Priorat, which can often be quite expensive, then Montsant is a good alternative. Nearby is Costes del Segre, and this is a semi-desert, so it's inland. So the Catalan um, climate is Mediterranean on the coast, but it very quickly becomes continental and very dry. Only 400 millimetres of rainfall in Costes del Segre, and it's a severe climate with hot days and cool nights, hot summers and cold winters. There are four subzones within Costas del Segre, and the most important is Raimat. And this was an area discovered by Manuel Raventos of Cordiniu in 1914. And it was an abandoned infertile salt plain, which um, he saw a potential in. But that potential was very far-reaching, because it took 50 years of planting cereals and pine trees before vines could even be planted, because it's so dry and so infertile. And it does require irrigation, and that is provided by an artery, an irrigation artery called Canal de Aragon y Catalunya, and this automatically starts irrigating at 35 degrees Celsius, or as low as 1 degree Celsius, so the cool, very cold conditions, or the very warm conditions. And there are lots of different grape varieties planted in Costas del Segre, international varieties like Cabernet Sauvignon, Merlot, Syrah, Chardonnay, and also uh, local varieties such as Tempranillo. So there's lots of experimentation with that region and lots of fun blends. Going to the coast, we have Penedes, and this is the largest DO in Catalonia, very near to Barcelona, which has benefited Penedes because it has a natural market. And also Barcelona is, of course, a port. 
and so its wines could be exported, particularly to France. And Penedès became very important in the 19th century because of phylloxera in France, and the French needed wines. And Penedès was able to provide those wines because it was the first mass production region in Spain. So it's producing lots of wines which the locals and the French wanted. In the 1960s and 70s, Penedès was the centre of experimentation and innovation, particularly with Miguel Torres. Uh, he introduced temperature control, particularly for fermentation, and stainless steel and international varieties. And nowadays, temperature control may seem very obvious, controlling the fermentation depending how slow or quick you want it to be, and also how fresh you want the aromas to be. But before Torres um, introduced this, the wines were often big and flabby because of the hot conditions um, led to losing freshness during the fermentation. And then stainless steel produces a much cleaner style of wine. However, that dynamism which he introduced was lost in the 90s, and Prirat really took over and became the most dynamic part of Catalonia. But Penedès is still important because of its high production. There are three zones within Penedès, and these rise from the Mediterranean. Tobacco Penedès is the warmest part of the region, and that traditionally produced sweet fortified wines from overripe grapes, but nowadays it produces more um, red wine, really big style from Garnacha, Carignana, and Monastrel, Monastrel being more Vedra, in, as it's known in France, but it does actually originate from near Barcelona, so it is a Spanish grape. Medio Penedes is higher up, 500 metres altitude, and this is separated from the coast by a ridge of hills, and this is the most producti productive part of uh, Penedes. Chardonnay is planted here, also Cabernet Sauvignon, and also Old de Liebre, which is Catalan for Eye of the Hare, which is the local name for Tempranillo. And a lot of cava is produced in the Medio Penedes area. And then there's Penedès Superior, which is higher up again, 500 to 800 metres altitude, and this lies in the foothills of the Meseta, so the Meseta being that vast plateau which covers inland Spain before falling towards the coast. And this is the coolest part of Penedès, mainly for white grapes. Uh, Parieda, for cava, has to be planted high up to preserve the acidity. And then also international grapes such as Riesling, Gewürztraminer and Chardonnay, and also Muscatel. Moving inland a little bit to Conca de Barbera. And this is a small area between Penedes and Costas del Segre, which has a lot of potential for quality. Altitude is 500 metres and higher, and again, we have that severe climate with cold winters and hot summers, and that hot, those hot summer days are cooled by winds coming in from the um, coast. And Torres makes his best Cabernet Sauvignon, Pinot Noir and Chardonnay here, so those international varieties. And then another region in Catalonia to look out for is Terra Alta, which literally means high land, and this is the highest DO in Catalonia, so its name is very literal. And this is an area following Prirat's lead and producing good red wine and good value as well, always worth uh, looking out for those wines. So that's Catalonia. Moving further south to Levante, and Levante means eastern, and so this is the eastern southeast part of Spain. And Levante covers two autonomous regions, Valenciana and Murcia. Within Valenciana, there are three DOs, Alicante, Utiel Requena, and Valencia. Within Mercia, we have Bullas, Humia, and Yecla. And this is a very warm part of Spain. This is where British and German tourists flock to the beaches because of the really hot summer days. And this warm environment produces really big reds, powerful, full-bodied, which are becoming more sophisticated. They used to be really just big and jammy and overripe, but now there's a bit more balance to these wines, with growers really looking for the 
cooler parts of the DOs, also using other grape varieties that will just tame the wines. So looking at the DOs within Valenciana, we have Valencia. This actually produces a lot of white wine, but quite neutral and boring, from a local grape called Mensagera, and also sweet wine from Moscatel, and Moscatel de Valencia. It's quite a historic, traditional style of sweet wine, of decent quality. But then big red wines from Monastrel and Alicante Boucher. So Monastrel um, is a grape which is late ripening, so really likes a hot climate, and it dominates in the southeast part of Spain, producing wines with high tannins, black fruits, especially bramble, really full-bodied and high alcohol, and it can tend to be a little bit jammy in this area. Alicante Boucher is locally called Garnacha Tintorera, and so this is a, a grape which actually has um, a coloured juice, unlike most uh, black grapes. And this again produces big full-bodied red wines. Alicante, similar, high alcohol reds from Monastrel. These wines are getting a bit more sophisticated with the use of oak. Also fortified sweet wine called uh, Fondion, made using the Solera system, which is quite rare to see outside of the region. Further inland is Utiel Recana, and this is the coolest of Valencia's regions because it's um, higher altitude. And here the grape is different, it's Bobal, this dominates, and this is a grape which being, is being taken more seriously. And when it's taken seriously it's quite interesting, it's quite tannic, but it's a bit lighter bodied than the other grapes such as Monastrel in the region. But when it's not taken seriously it's very simple. And in Utiel Recana a lot of grape concentrate is made as well. And then the Mercia regions, Humia is probably the highest quality of all these regions. Very, very dry. 300 millimeters of rainfall. Again, Monastrel dominates, but the better, better producers are blending it with Tempranillo and Merlot, for instance, just to tame the Monastrel, to make it less alcohol and less body. And the best vines are planted at slightly higher altitude as well to cool the environment down. And then finally, Yekla. Again, Monastrel dominates, 85%. And this um, is often quite basic quality. The biggest co-op in the whole of Spain is based here, La Purisima. Um, but there is better, better wine being made in Yecla. So this is a region which is developing. And again, it's that kind of history and modern balance. The wine's been made here for centuries, but it's only very recently they've actually been good quality. So that's uh, Mediterranean Spain, very quickly becoming continental as you go inland moving from Catalonia down to Valencia and Mercia. So thank you for listening. This is Matthew, and this has been Matthew's World of Wine and Drink.